Welcome to the Art and Life podcast, where we discuss art, life, and the philosophy behind both. I'm your host, Taylor Gallegos. Join me as I interview creatives of all kinds and learn what makes them tick, how their process works, what they go through, what they feel. Hopefully you get as much inspiration out of this as I do, so strap in and let's go for a ride. Welcome everybody to the Art and Life podcast. Today I will be interviewing Mr. Brad Cameron. So Brad is the father of Corey, Kyle, and Kevin, and it's going to be really exciting because those guys are all very creative. They're making lives of creativity in various ways, and that that stems from something. You know, every plant has a root, and the father influences the sons. So uh, I'm excited to dive into some different topics on creativity. Uh, Brad is a teacher, a writer. Um, he lives in Portland, Oregon, and uh, yeah, really excited to dive into this one. Welcome everybody to the podcast. I'm sitting here with Brad Cameron. Brad is the father of Kevin, Kyle, and Corey, who you heard in the last couple episodes. Uh, really, this is an awesome like case study for me to interview the whole family and uh, you know just like get at the the essence of creativity like in in like a family setting. So. Brad, thank you very much for being on the podcast today. Well, thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here. So you are visiting. Yes, we've come down to visit the boys um, who live in here, and uh, we, we live in Portland. Well, near Portland. I say that because nobody knows where Forest Grove is, so mm. it's easy to say we're from Portland, Oregon. Yeah. Yeah. Forest Grove sounds really nice. It is. It is. It is. It's a little uh, university town. Oh, cool. Got, uh, Pacific University, which is place where both my wife and I got our master's degree in uh, teaching. So it was a great college. But yeah, now we live there. Yeah. The the forests in Oregon are absolutely magical. Like the northwest of the U.S. Yeah. In general. Well, you know, and the thing is about where we live... I, I have a bicycle, which I need to get on a lot more. Um, but within five minutes, I'm in rural, uh, hilly, uh, wine country, uh, tall trees, just riding around, just within moments of where I live. So I love that aspect of it. Yeah. I don't like the rain that yeah. we get, which yeah. is why we're here, to enjoy the sunshine. How much does it rain? So they said that this year, I'll just go with this year. So this January, we had the most rain we've had in three years. And to give you an idea, my usual way to work, um, there's a stretch of road that has been, that was closed for about three weeks because it was flooded. Whoa. So that we got a lot of rain. Yeah. 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 And then here, it's like the total opposite. We're in Southern California for anyone who's listening for the first time, but... Uh, or I'm in Southern California, Cal- Carlsbad is what it's called, yeah. and uh, it rains for about two months off and on, like there's sunny days and there's rainy days, Yeah. and then it doesn't rain until December again. Right. It's like December and January. Yeah, well... And then that's it. It's I, like... 
I, I, it's the you know, it's not so much the rain, it's the darkness, it's the gloominess that really gets to me, and um, so I appreciate. I know, I, I know, you know, you need the water and all that sort of stuff, but I just love the sunshine. When I yeah. I, I start smiling when the sunshine is hitting me. So, yeah, like today. Yes, is like bluebird skies. Beautiful day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a fun. It's a. I love it here. The weather's amazing. It is. Do you feel like? <clears throat> Well, why don't you go into your background and okay. tell everybody a little bit about where you're from, how you got to where you're at, what you're into. Okay. Well, I was born and raised in Canada. Um, my parents still live in Canada, and my brother uh, lives in Canada. What part? Uh, Alberta. Okay. Calgary, southern Alberta area. Um, and, you know, it's interesting. I, I, I've told this story a few times, but I remember it, I was in third grade. I was walking to school and grew up in Edmonton, which is, if you look on the map, it's pretty far north. And it was cold. It was below zero. It, there was snow. And I remember walking to, to school because there was no such thing as a snow day up there. They did, <laughs> that was just like unheard of. It's like every day is a snow yeah. day. What are you talking about? Yeah, we'd never go to school. <laughs> and I, I remember thinking, this was even as a third grader, thinking... I am going to move away from here to where it's warm one of these days. <laughs> and so I got, always had that in the back of my mind. And so eventually I, I made my way down into the United States, um, student, a visa, going to college, met my wife. She was from Oakland area and we got married and I haven't gone back since. Wow. Yeah. So uh, in the course of that, um, living there, we lived in Sacramento for a while and then we made our way back up to, uh, or up to Portland. I was working for a long time as a EMT paramedic. Oh wow! That I started in Sacramento. Okay. Um, and then got a job working the same type of profession up in Portland. And um, I quickly realized that that type of work, because of the hours. <sighs> And just sort of the, the, the way that job goes is it's not a job for a family man. And I had the four, I had four children and I felt that I missed out on a lot because I was always working Christmases and Thanksgivings and, and just, yeah, I could never make it to the baseball games and, and things because uh, I could never say, oh, I'm going to be off work at such and such a time because inevitably something would come up to keep me on my job, on the job. Anyway, um, so as a result, um, I stopped doing that and um, decided I'm gonna kinda go back to my roots. And my roots, when I was in college, was English literature. That's what I studied. And my whole idea was I was gonna go to law school, which I did for a little while, and that's another, another story, but... Um, Anyway, I kind of went back to those roots of something that I just love, the reading, the writing aspect, and I thought, I'm going to go back and become a teacher. And so I did, and that's where I was just talking about. We went to Pacific University. I went there and went full-time, just got the loans, did it, got my teaching degree, and started teaching high school English. Yeah. And that's what I'm doing still, 18 years later. Nice. Yeah. So nice. It is. Yeah. So my mom is... She was a teacher for her whole career oh, in okay. English literature. In Colorado? Uh, yep. Okay. In Boulder. 
and um, so we grew up. You know, she she really loved Shakespeare, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, she got her master's. She was actually getting her master's degree when I was in college. Okay. So and we got it at the same university in Colorado. Nice. So that was cool. We got together and oh, have good. lunch and whatnot. Yeah. But um, <clears throat> and then she taught she taught English in high school mm-hmm. for a long time, and she loved it. Yeah. And I I feel like. You know that, like through teaching English, you can really like extract a lot from students at that age. Like, I feel like people are trying to find themselves. If you yeah, if you approach it in the right way, um, you know, you get the questions of why are we studying this? Why? Um, Well, uh, you know, I'll give you a good for instance. Um, So I just finished. Uh, a unit with my 10th graders which was Shakespeare's Julius Caesar and we started exploring what was happening then which was you know a story that takes place 2,000 years ago um, and what's happening now and how things are not so different yeah you know people are people and situations are the same and they just always seem to be the same and so you start exploring that aspect and bringing that out and I think kids start to realize it a little bit more of like okay yeah that's what that's why we study this stuff still nice we look at it yeah yeah Yeah, I I think that's like probably the main uh, challenge for a teacher is to make the information accessible for the student and to connect with them well to get them to have that aha yeah like oh this is what this is saying yeah, and the big challenge, of course, that we're having, too, is technology. Throw that into the mix. Um, and that's a battle that teachers are having. As in, like, students don't have the same bandwidth for things, or...? No, the distraction. Okay. The distraction that the cell phones are so close, that the computers are so close, and that they can turn off very quickly from what you're trying to enthusiastically teach to them. Yeah to a game or social media that they're looking at on their their phones right it's a big problem right yeah but i don't want to get like the the general like (laughs) attention span yes yeah for sure yeah yeah um so you're also a writer i am i love to write why don't you talk about that all right so i'll start um more immediate so this year so i just to let you know, I started at a brand new high school three years ago. Just opened up. Um, and this, oh, it's a beautiful high school, by the way. Up, It's called Mountainside High School. And um, when we opened up, we just started with freshmen and sophomore. Because, you, you know, we don't want to be pulling students who are already in their junior, senior year from their established high schools yep. to come over. So just freshmen and sophomore. Then the next year we moved to juniors, sophomores, freshmen. And now this is the first year that we've had seniors. Sweet. So it'll be our first graduating class this year. Cool. And my, something I'd always wanted to do, although I was very nervous about it, was um, to have a creative writing class. And so I proposed it last year and they said, yeah, let's, let's open it up. So I was able to have a couple of sessions each semester that I was teaching with 30 students in. Um, and I, I'll say I'm nervous about it because it forced me 
to examine what I do in the process of writing. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, so when I sit down in my little nook, my little office, um, much like your little shed that you have here, yeah. that's why I was asking you about that earlier on, but um, when I'm sitting there, what is it, what's going through my mind? What is happening? And sometimes to, to explain that, um, to, to lay it out in words or directions is very difficult to do. Yeah, and so it it forced me to really do a lot of examining. And that that summer before uh, this last summer, I spent a lot of time just thinking and reading and looking at things to try and figure out how am I gonna put this course together so that it's really effective. And more than anything, I just wanted students to come in and afterwards say, "I love that class. It was so much fun." So yeah. because that's what it is. I don't want to make it boring or hard work but that it's creative and they they have fun with it totally yeah well and I think that that's one of the most important things as a teacher is to light that fire in, in somebody and like get them interested in the topic and also um like inquisitive on their own yeah when you see like the import the information is important but a lot of times I think what's like really the lasting effect from a teacher is getting someone to really get like interested and see that like, like you, t you teach people how to learn. You don't necessarily teach people the, the information. Yes, the information's there, but. Yes, right. No, to, to be able to take what I've given them and then, and then go beyond it. Yeah. And to, to keep it going and build up their own thing, which, which is what art is. Um, you know, in terms of the, the writing capacity that your ability to write becomes, you have to discover your own um, methods. You have to discover your own style and what works for you and what is different from everybody else. So anyway, so I kind of got off on that, but so that's where I started. And so I've been able to do that process fairly well, I think, to be able to think about Okay, what do I do? What is, what is my process when I sit down to do some writing? Um, and so I'm gonna, so we had a um, um, our literary magazine, our newspaper at the high school, which is very new, came to me, and um, one of the students said, "Could you get your students to write a 500 word or less short story that has a twist at the end?" Right, so. I said, yeah, I think this sounds like a good project. So we, we were talking about it in class, and I said, you know, while you guys are doing this, I'm going to do it too. So I sat down with my computer while they were all writing, and I was writing too. And I came up, and I discovered, what is my process? What, is, what am I working on there with that? And it just comes from a single idea that then just when you let it happen, when you let that creativity happen and you know it's right, it'll just, it'll happen. It'll just go on its own. I don't know how to explain it. Um, I wrote a short story one time uh, that I got published in this uh, anthology of horror stories. And I started with the single idea I wanted was, okay, I want my main character to be an ashtray. That's it. And from there, Whoa. I grew this 
this horror story using the ashtray as sort of the central character. And it's called the ashtray. <laughs> I did the same thing with this story and I started thinking of the different um, jokes that we hear. And the common joke we hear is a man walks into a bar. And so I thought, I'm going to look up some a man walks into a bar jokes. And there's, of course, there's tons of them out there. Yeah. And so the joke that I found was a man walks into, or three, th yeah. uh, three vampires walk into a bar. <laughs> and uh, the, the bartender comes up and uh, asks them what they would like to drink. And the first uh, vampire says, I'll have a pint of blood. And the second one says, yeah, I'll have that too. And the third one says, I'll have some uh, plasma. So the bartender says, okay, so that'll be two bloods and a blood light. <laughs> Feel free to groan. <laughs> nice. Anyway, so I took that whole joke and I built it into a story of a guy who goes into this bar and it's called A Man Walks Into a Bar and what happens in this, this story. So anyway, but that's the process. It just begins with a single idea that as you allow the muse maybe if you believe in those things to just sort of inspire you and away you go you just have to be in that moment and let it happen yeah so give it time to develop yeah and you, uh, you, you plant the seed and just let it grow yep and it does it, it has to grow on its own and you and when you when it does you realize it and you see it happening it's a cool thing when it does happen totally it makes me think of a, a lot of like art projects that I've done, you know, in school and then out of school. And uh, a lot of times it's good to start with like a parameter or two. Like, okay, I'm going to use these specific colors. Sure. And I'm going to consider overall composition. And then well, a million things can happen from that. That would go in the same way as, okay, you can only use 1,000 words. Yep. And it has to be about this. Yeah. You know, that would be the same thing in terms of writing. Yeah, you have your parameters, but then you let it build within that parameter. Um, well, I mean, so the same idea is I'm looking around and seeing some of your art. You know, there was at some point just a a seed of an idea, right? That you grew, like the, your, your surfer right there and the beautiful waves and the color that you got. You know, where does that happen? Where does it come from? That's just incredible. Never doing. <laughs> well, thanks. Um, yeah, and I mean, really, it comes from like an inspiration. You know, those I was I was on a really good surfing kick for a little while in the fall, and all I was thinking about was I was like dreaming about surfing and thinking about it all the time, and I was like, I just need to express this. Nice. And and I don't I don't need to overthink it. I just need to sh like have an image of how fucking beautiful it is like it's so nice well and that's what you don't do is overthink it yeah because if you do then you're then it won't happen yeah yeah sometimes i get caught up and i want to i have these like grand visions of like saving the world through art you know i want to express these things that are like going to be world changing because there's these problems these problems and these problems okay and i really want to like address those things and and create like an awakening of consciousness in people and that is, it's, I feel like that's a, a good thing to happen when it does happen, but to put that as the intention of the piece is putting the cart before the horse. And then I can get like bogged down in my head of like, 
well, is that good enough? Or is that going to be like, is, you know, is is the statement working is whatever. And so I've had times in the studio where I've been like, okay, that's what I'm going after. And then it just shuts me down. I feel like that's what happens when writer's block happens is like the intent, the goal it's focused on the goal. You know, and that's why like musicians have a hard time with like their sophomore album. Their, their freshman, their first album is just pure creation. creativity, and then they they're they, they're thinking they have to get to some goal of something. Yeah, yeah. The stake. They're thinking about the, the ego or something gets in the way, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think you had a conversation with Corey about that, or what? Somebody. Yep. Okay. Yep. <laughs> Love talking about the ego. <laughs> yeah, I no, it's it's very true. I think that's very true. Um, that that was something that got in the way with me you know and i'm thinking as i'm writing um my so i have three novels that i have out and they're all it's a series um the zeke proper chronicles and it's based it's basically a hero's quest zeke proper is the the hero and and it's um norse mythology and his travels to become this warrior a definite uh in the end but the initial thinking was oh, I'm going to get this published and, you know, sell lots of copies and somebody will come and want to make a movie of it, different <laughs> things. And that that was destructive. Yes. Very destructive for my mind to think that way. Uh, then it changed to here, here I am an educator and a writer, but I want, I want to have, I want to write these to encourage students to not only write but to read as well Mm. and if they're thinking oh hey our teacher has a couple these novels out I'm going to read his books and that has happened a lot yeah yeah and what you're doing there is you're taking the focus of being on the external like ending of these things like getting famous getting having them published having them turned into movies those are things that you can't control no. And so then you shifted your focus to what can I, what can I control? I think you're right. Yeah. I can control the intention of this book. Yes. It's for the students. Mm-hmm. It's, you, and you're focusing on the craft. Yes. Like this is how a story should be written. This is my example of what, you know, what are the, the things that you should have in a book and a story and a, you know, these are the ways it's like, as artists, I feel like we're all like every piece that we make, every story, every book, poem, song, we are showing what we consider the standard of of quality, excellence, creativity that mm-hmm. we will will stamp our name on. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty cool. It is. I know. It's it's um I don't know, there's just something about that that creative process, you know, that and where you have to be in your mind to make it to make it happen. And you're yeah, that that outcome is just where you're starting, where you're going. So I'm a student, okay. I walk into class. Yeah. I have been told my whole my whole life that I'm not smart and creative. And I walk into your class, what are you going to do? Like, what kind of practices, what kind of a mentality, what are the things that you say to a student like that? Well, that's, wow, that's tough. Um, and I get lots of kids like that. I'm sure. Um, it's, it's making a connection with the kids, with the student, um, and spending, 
and and thankfully with these creative writing classes for instance um, they're they're smaller classes so it allows me a lot of time to sit down with students and look at their work and read it and and then you constantly just praise I love what you're doing here this is really nice you you've got some talent you've got this and you just push them along you know what maybe they're never going to be an author and do that but it's building confidence in them to be able to say he likes what I'm doing so yeah. I'm going to try a little bit harder and I'm going to try and please him to do some better work yeah and I've seen that lots of times and yeah. it, it, it actually works it's a it's a slow grinding process that you just have to keep encouraging and encouraging positive positive vibes out to them saying you can do this yes it's hard work but keep working at it do it you know yeah uh, I, I loved uh, t talking about that I, I had a professor one of my favorite professors when I was going to college taking my getting my literature degree and, and that was one thing he said he, and I, I don't know, it's a very simple, but it just stuck with me is, hey, writing is hard work. And I, I use that a lot. Yeah. And so the thing is, you know, I can't do this. I can't, I can't write. And my encouragement is always, it's hard work. It's supposed to be, it's supposed to be like this. That's why you're being discouraged, but you just have to keep pushing along. Yeah. It's, it is hard work. And then I talk about how many times I've sat there staring at a screen <laughs> reading the same words over and over again trying to think where am I going to go next with this story but eventually it comes if you give it that that effort and hard work right yeah and be there have you read the book uh, The War of Art no it's great I definitely recommend it okay. um, his whole I forget who wrote it but he just talks about how important it is to be at your desk mm -hmm. because there's a million reasons that we all can come up with all the time. Like, oh, maybe I should sweep the floor instead of doing my work. Maybe I should, you know, do those things that I've been putting off for a long time yeah. instead of doing my work. And the idea that he keeps putting out is like, just be there and do it. And lightning's not always going to strike. But in order for it to strike, you have to be there. You got to be in that place. And you got to create that energy and that friction, which creates the yeah. electrical charge that will allow it. Like, yeah. And um, although I will say, yeah, and what you you kind of mentioned about, I'm just going back to your painting here of the surfing thing that you were thinking about it a lot. You weren't s sitting in in the shed here with your paintbrush in hand, but it the process was happening. True. So, I've I've found that even you know riding on my bicycle or my motorcycle, which I love to ride, and doing it and thinking okay, I'm thinking of this scene that I'm trying to work through that there's been times when I was like, oh, I can't wait to get back home so I can put this down uh, in words. Yep. So the process can happen other places too. But. Yeah, totally. And I guess, like, as I say that, you know, it's like the consistency of being there and, and putting in the work is really important. And then on the other hand, like, you're totally right there. there like, work quote unquote when you're being a creative it doesn't just happen when you're sitting down at the computer no. it, it's like constantly happening in your and the inspiration is being absorbed through living you know yeah. and, and experiencing and thinking and reading and seeing things and it's 
Yeah. It's like a full-on immersive experience being like a yeah. creative producer of whatever. And, and, you know, as you're saying, so I'm thinking of things that I'm saying to kids as I'm t teaching writing, which is a difficult thing to do, but saying to them, in order to be a writer, you've got to also be an observer. And it's really good sometimes to just stop talking and just sit and watch. And, and I bring up the ideas of, because I really feel like one of the things I do well with my writing is my descriptive imagery. Um, being able to, and I've, I've heard this from many people say, I, I really feel like I can see exactly what's happening in your story. And it's because I think I'm, a, I'm an observer of people and you know, what are they doing with their hands when they're talking? What do they, what does their face look like when they become disappointed or sad or whatever emotion and trying to take that movement or whatever I see and put it into words. And so, yeah, I, I, that's a thing I often say is you gotta be an observer and see what people are doing. Do you feel like what's happening when you are writing is you're like, is there's like a movie in your head of what's happening? Like when you're describing a character going through disappointment, are you visualizing that and then yes. writing down what you're observing? Yes. Yeah. And trying to choose the right words that are going to describe what I'm seeing in my mind. Yeah. Um, a kind of a cool thing too that I feel happens and this kind of goes with that, that idea of planting that seed and letting the, the story become the story on its own and you're just sort of the person who's typing it out or painting it out or whatever it is you're doing um, that there's been a lot of times I'll, I'll have thought through a scene an event and that's usually how I think I think in terms of little scenes that happen and think oh this is how it's gonna happen and then I'll go and sit down and start into it and then suddenly it'll just take off in a totally different direction and I let it do that. You gotta let the characters do what they're gonna do. <laughs> and it is a cool process when you sit back and you go, that was not how I intention, you know, my initial intention on that was not to write it that way, but it came out like this and this is so much better. That's pretty cool because it's yeah. like it takes on a life of its own. It does. Like your characters are really like them, they're sort of like autonomous beings within the story. They are. There's a scene that I have, um, it, it happens in book two, that's called The Serpent's Ship. By the way, Corey did all the artwork on yeah. the covers too, by the way, yeah. Corey Cameron artwork. Uh, anyway, so there's a character, I don't want to give anything away, but there's this character that I kill. <laughs> I, I guess that's a, I murder him. Yeah. And I... <laughs> I tell you, I struggled so hard when I was writing that um, because he became a very real person to me in my mind. I knew what he looked like, what he sounded like, what his personality was like, what his background was like, and I had the hardest time, but I thought, this has got to happen to keep the story going with this whole hero's quest thing and stuff. Wow. Yeah, it was a, it was a moment, and... And I had, uh, it was interesting having people come up to me and go, you killed blank. <laughs> you know, the sad look. And I'm like, 
yes, I know, and I'm sorry I had to do it. And, and you then, probably, in that moment, you, like, had an emotional connection with this person talking about a fictional character. Yeah, totally. And you felt it, too. I know. Is that crazy? Am I crazy? No. <laughs> no, I think you're a writer is with what you are. You're, like, this is, it's so cool. Yeah. I like it because um, my mind is just going on sort of like dimensional uh, like ways of writing almost like you know the concept of meta like um, these I probably know it but not by that name what is yeah, it these days there's this like sort of trending word meta meta yeah M-E-D M-E-T-A T-A okay. so it's meta. like okay. it's sort of like the movie Inception where it's like okay. thinking about thinking about something or like there's like dualities and different layers of the same thing yes. happening and okay. like I'm sure like in terms of writing I'm sure you could do some like wild stuff like where like awareness that's, of, uh, of awareness deep. and yeah. like I mean cause you're like, like you could write a story about you writing a story about a character and then the character <laughs> could like interweave and intermix and mingle <laughs> yeah it's probably already been done but uh, but I definitely you could go on a different way with it but I like that yeah but like yeah, cool. you're you're like intermixing and interweaving across dimensions of reality. And I'm sh- I've uh, there's there's a painting that I've seen and I don't even know who it's by, but it, it's like the image of this sculptor sculpting this like life size like angel like a an angelic beauty of a woman. Okay. And he in the he's obviously like in love with his sculpture, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like. He's creating art and then also falling in love with the art at the same time. And it, Pig, like, is that Pygmalion? Isn't that what that one is? I'm not sure. Where oh, it's the it's that uh, Greek uh, story of the guy that falls in love with oh, the really? statue. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Gosh, I've gotten blank on it. Here I am. That's what I teach. But anyway, yeah, yeah. It's like love takes so many different shapes yes. and forms and <laughs> and, and, and uh, human connection what is right and what is wrong or who's to say right right and and what's to say that you know my i wasn't like i was in love with the character but i knew the character right and could and he had a face so when i in that you know envisioned this character he had a face and a personality and yeah yeah and how interesting for you as the writer to be in the position of like basically playing executor playing god playing god in yes. that moment like you're deciding what happens to whom and right. these characters are as real as you can make them in your head right and so like that's a big weight to carry on your own shoulders of what it, to do it was an interesting moment and one i've reflected back on quite a few times uh and, and, and it's good to have those moments, those experiences, because now in that position I'm in as a teacher, educator, trying to go, hey, you know, this is what we do to write. I pass those experiences on. Yeah. You know, and, and it's interesting. You can see kids just thinking about it. You see the wor- wheels turning, you know. <laughs> Nobody really says much, yeah. I find, in those moments. But you can just see them thinking. You know, trying to absorb that idea of oh, yeah. how does that happen? Yeah, so. well, I think it's such a like such a cool uh, age group to be working with because there's so much growth and change and self actualization and yes. self realization. And if there's no outlet, then that's when I think people just kind of go off the rails and like drugs, alcohol, sex, trouble, getting themselves into stupid things, connecting with like people. Whereas like 
if you can have some sort of a creative outlet, whether it's like athletics or art or music or theater or whatever, yes. like, then it, it like allows you to connect as a human being, especially in a world where kids are being raised with smartphones. I know. And, and so there's, like you said, the technology is like creating a connection, but it's not a real one like we all grew up with. Well, and I think too, and I'm sure we're going off on this, but that, that idea of information or things that are right there right now, and that the process, and maybe that's why, you know, the students I'm seeing struggle with it is, I want the idea now. I want to get it now and get it down on the paper. And reminding that that's not what writing is. Yeah. That's why it's hard work. Because you have to sometimes just sit there and think and think and imagine, you know, and it eventually will happen. You have to be patient. Patience. That's right. what it is. You know, losing that sense of patience yeah and uh i've heard from different sources and podcasts and books that um when you look at the most successful people out there mm -hmm. uh there really aren't necessarily correlations with who went to the best schools who uh learned from the best teachers who did this to who did that the real thing that is the correlation is tenacity and grit over time like people that are who won't give up yeah and who will stay after a goal yeah time. i think you're right i mean look at athletes certain athletes who've become incredible athletes they didn't that didn't just happen yeah you're right yeah yeah they spent the time they put the effort in yep yeah, i love that um so i was just thinking about these two I guess I break up my paintings into two different style or two different like conceptual development styles and one I call the destination paintings and then one is the journey paintings. Destination, I have an end goal in mind. I have a like I want the image to look like this mm -hmm. or something like that. And then the journey ones, I just have a blank canvas and I just start adding things to it. Love it. And it's cool. It's kind of like what you're talking about planting the seed. Yeah. Do you and then I guess I have some that are sort of a combination where it's like, I have a general idea, but I'm just going to let it go in free flow. Okay. Where do you feel like all your writing is in the, the journey type or do you do some sort of like underlying structure? Well, um, yeah, I think, I think it's, I think it's the same way there, especially when certain parameters have been given to me you'd like the word count and it's got to have this type of ending and it's got to be this genre of story that that's where, you know, I sit down and think, okay, you know, I've got to, I know what my journey or what my destination is on that one. Um, other ones like I'm working, still working. I, when I say working on it, I think about it all the time. I haven't sat down and put my fingers on the keyboard, <laughs> but it's a, it's a horror thriller that I, novel that I'm working on um, called Nehalem Shadow and um, I don't I, I don't know what the destination is of that one and I'm still on the journey with it um, and I, I think about it a lot and I actually feel guilty because I'm like I need to sit down and, and spend some time with that um, but no I agree I think yeah putting that putting that into that those categories is very true for a writer or at least for me yeah yeah because 
artist, everybody's going to do something a little different. The way you paint, the way you put together your stuff is very different from the guy over in the other shed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's good too. Yeah. I met him. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So another thing that I'm really interested in, I mean, a big reason why you're here is because yeah. of your your kids right i've just interviewed all three of them on their various yes creative aspects and pursuits and uh i mean i just think it's so cool that all three of them are pursuing lives of creativity and so then it, it makes me interested to talk to you about like you know where that stems from have they always been creative have you always encouraged them like what are i mean a lot of my friends have kids and they they talk to me occasionally about you know their kids doing creative things like drawing painting writing all these things and like um i give them my advice on stuff but like what would you have to say about all that well <laughs> i don't know that i did anything <laughs> i really i don't i i can't think except encouraging yeah um i think of cory as a kid a little kid and he loved to draw and um, he spent a lot of time with his drawing books, and that that was that was something we would purchase for him for birthdays and Christmas is these color pencils and books and sketch pads and things because that's what he loved to do. So we encouraged it. Um, Kyle, well, one of the things I know, and the kids have talked about this a few times. I used to play the guitar a lot. I don't now, and I'll tell you why. Because Kyle stole my guitar. Oh, Kyle! <laughs> <laughs> He'll deny it. But uh, I used to sit with a buddy of mine who lived across the street, and we would sit in my living room uh, at night while the kids were all going to bed, or and we would play this music. We'd write our own music and play and sing, and they were listening to it as they were falling asleep. And then Kyle took hold of that guitar and. He hasn't put it down since. Hmm. And, you know, he has become an incredible guitar player. You've seen him play. Oh, yeah. And um, so he just took off with it. It, I, may, it might just be DNA. Um, my wife is very artistic. She plays the piano. Um, she loves to read. She teaches language arts in, in uh, elementary school. So she's got that going. Yeah, I think it's just, it just happened. Yeah. It just kind of happened. I can't think of anywhere where I, you know, sat down and said, okay, you guys are going to be artists. Yeah. <laughs> it just happened. That's what they wanted to do. Yeah. And I encouraged it. And I, I think that's the key thing there is you got to let, you, you can't decide what your kids are going to do. And every kid's personality is going to be different. And you have to recognize that and let it happen. Yeah. And love them. Just, just love them for who they are, no matter what. And we've tried really hard to do that with our kids. Yeah. And um, both my wife and I are incredibly proud of our children. You know, we just love to come and see them and spend time with them. And I don't think that's probably true with every family. Uh, so I feel very blessed to have that relationship with all my kids, very much so. Yeah. Sorry, getting a little... <laughs> a little misty here that's great <laughs> i love them they're great kids totally yeah. yes they are yeah yeah my uh advice is similar to that of you know just feed feed that creativity 
And uh, yeah. one thing that my mom always did was, one, they got me drawing books all the time. Yes. And then they looked at them. Like, they looked at my art when I showed them, and they really, like, interacted. And was, okay. like, yeah, that... would talk about it with me and be like, oh, yeah, I see what you're doing here. This is awesome. This is, mm-hmm. what do you think about this? Blah, blah, blah. And, like, uh, it just helped me, like, think about it. Oh, and that goes and... back to what you were asking me about when the kids and my students and those reluctant kids who come in saying, I can't do this, I can't do this. Yeah. If I'm in, if, you know, your parents are encouraging you and telling you, yes, keep going, keep going. And you did. Yeah. Kept pursuing it. Yeah. Because you were given that, you were given that green light to do it. Yeah. And not told, hmm, it's not so good. Right. Nobody wants to hear that. Yeah, totally. I think, and, and I think a lot of kids get shut down, like their creativity gets shut down by um, parents that maybe feel like there isn't an opportunity Yes. Why don't you be a doctor or a lawyer? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You're not going to make any money doing that. Yeah. And that's, yeah. That's a surefire way to shut it down. Absolutely. And then, and then you got, I mean, and that's just feels so wrong to me in a lot of ways because then you're teaching a child that the only thing of value and importance is money. Yes. Success. Yes. And that it's definitely not possible. Right. As a creative or using some sort of creativity in your life yes i think another thing that probably has helped well and i kind of mentioned me sitting there at night playing and writing music and doing things and then the fact that i'm sitting in my room writing stories and novels and things that my kids see that yeah and they see me they were seeing me sitting down with a book all the time because by the way and this is not me this is uh, lots of other authors if you don't have time to read you don't have time to write you got to be a reader yeah and they saw me doing that a lot and that became well that's what he does that's you know that's part of creation right but not that they thought that way but that it was happening it was always be it was always there yeah yeah and if i want to be something i need to be immersed in it yes yeah so much of, I mean, I don't have kids, so I don't know any of this for real, but it seems like just so much of what you teach your kids is actually unspoken. Um, yeah. Like so much of it is leading by example. They're like sponging you up when you don't even realize they're right. looking. Right. I agree. And that, and it's not something I can identify and say to you. I'm having a difficult time going, oh, I, this is what I did. Here's the rule book. Yeah. <laughs> Follow this and everything will be... No, it doesn't work that way. <laughs> I wish. Yeah. But it, no, it doesn't work that way. Yeah. Just be be loving and supportive. Yes. Yeah. Um, does... Okay, so you live right on the edge of forests and woods. and Does, uh, does nature... How much does nature influence your creativity? Well, it, it um, depends on what I'm writing about. Um, a lot of the, um, a lot of the setting that I include in my first three novels, the series is very coastal, Mm. a lot of ocean, a lot of mountains, woods, things that is part of the setting. So of course that's, I guess I didn't even think about it, but yeah, I guess that's a huge part of it. Um, my uh, good friend of mine and myself, we go fly fishing a lot. And so I wrote a creepy 
short story based upon a fly fishing trip. Actually, it was a fly fishing trip that I took with the boys. <laughs> nice. <laughs> did you? Did they tell you about that? I, they did mention okay. that. One of them did. I think Corey might have mentioned it to you, and I wrote it. I called it the witches of. Yes. Something water. I mean, yes. Right? But, and it was totally based on this experience that we had there yeah. of this man coming up to us as we were sitting there in our campground. And I just, I, I was looking for a short story one time and it was actually Corey. He says, why don't you write about that guy that came up? And I went, oh, okay. And I went, sat down and I started writing this short story. And, but it included very much the river and the fishing and everything that we were doing with that. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it plays a big part. I th- I think. Yeah, I love the outdoors. I love being out on my bicycle on my motorcycle. Those are. Yeah, it's a big part of what I like to do. Yep. Yep. And uh, laying down the scene is so much of a, a story or a movie that I think is like sort of unnoticed. It's one of those things that when it when it's done well, it goes unnoticed. Yeah. And when it's done poorly, that's when you, you see, see that it. something's going on. Yeah, something's not right here. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, so and that kind of go, again, kind of back to the whole observation thing. That's being outside and observing what are the trees doing, what's the wind sound like, what does the river look like. Those all become so much a part of your story. You can't leave those things out. Yeah. Character, dialogue, yes. But that background stuff is super important as well. Yeah. It's the environment that yeah. everything... It's like the stage that everything gets played yeah. on. Yeah. Yeah, I like to focus on... Uh, like in a painting, I like to focus on the background first. Um, because without that taken care of, without all the little background details, then what you're actually focused on doesn't... It's not like portrayed as dramatically uh, you know mm-hmm. and, and that's one thing that I uh, recommend to beginning artists a lot of times is get rid of the white canvas like like, oh, un- yeah. like first thing you do is, is create your own environment either with a color or whatever you want to do but like get rid of anything that's not like your creation and then build from there and then like focus into the middle so it's sort of like create the environment and then move yeah bring it toward you yeah yeah okay i can see that yeah yeah because then you you sort of like close the gaps of things being unfinished yes and you start from like a place of okay i'm like already on my way the the scene is already set now the magic has like the spot to play whereas if you focus on the main elements first yeah then there's all these little gaps around um you know and you have to fill those in later and, and they don't always make sense at that point. So Ernest Hemingway, who's one of, one of my favorite authors, um, he said to start a story, you have to start with one true sentence. You can, you know, interpret that any way you want. And it's, it's some advice that I pass on. I don't have a whole lot of original advice. I take it a lot from what I've read and other things, but that has become a real important part of my teaching. What do I do? Kids are looking, I don't know where to start. Here's where you start. Pick a, pick a scene, pick a tree that you're sitting by and tell me about that moment right there. That's your one true sentence. Wow. And then you just, it's like what you're saying, you gotta get, get rid of all this stuff because once you start getting words on, 
things just take off if it's meant to be yeah and that's that muse that you're talking about yeah yeah it's like the creative there's something magical about the creative energy and if if like all you have to do is get the train moving a little bit i yeah i think that's right it'll go and then it builds up steam and energy and then you're like oh man this has got momentum Mm -hmm. and now i'm gonna like add this in and it makes sense to add this and like there's this, yeah. it's, it's wild making a painting and I, maybe you feel the same way about writing a book or a story. It's like making a painting from start to finish sort of feels dreamlike, especially when I look back on it and there's these like stages of like a slow upstart and then there's like some huh. challenges and some speedy times and the, like kind of like a roller coaster. Yeah. Um, and then at the end is just this like all ahead full, like I'm not even thinking about stuff. I'm just doing and being. I'm like, oh, this needs that, this needs that. And like the last, you know, the last 10% of it is sort of just this like, like so, I'm not even doing it at that point. It's going. So have you ever, have you ever looked at a painting that you've done maybe 10 years ago or whatever, a really good painting and looked at it and thought, how did I do that? <laughs> yes. You have? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Because there's been times when I've I've gone back and I forget something that I've written and I'll read it through and think, I don't remember doing that. I don't remember what I was thinking, but there it is. Wow, how did I do that? Yeah. You said, okay, that's good. That's interesting. Yeah. I wonder if Kyle and Kevin have that when they listen back on some of their music. How did I get there? Where would, how did that happen? Yeah. I'm like that tune and the riff and the drums and everything that go into it and like could i do that again right now right yeah like wow that's that's quite something and then you think about what it took to get there yeah like wow that it's it's this 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 whole thing it's like the dance of creativity it's it's this whole production of time energy focus inspiration and everything whips together and then and then boom you like you throw it in the oven and you bake it and it's done yeah (laughs) yeah you just remember putting on the temperature and putting, getting it done, but you don't remember how did that all come to this? Yeah. Yeah. Which is cool because you know what? It'll happen again. If you just let it, you know, you just have to kind of go, yep. just kind of think it and it, it'll happen again. Yep. Trust in the process, yeah. lean yeah. into it. Yeah. And that's why, you know, that's why it's difficult to be a creative writing teacher, I think. And this is just me talking. I don't know, you know, but it's, but it, how do I describe that, that experience and thinking of the steps and it's a difficult thing to do. Yeah. You know, you just, I don't know, you got to experience one of those things that you just got to experience in your life. And then, and then you go, okay, I got it. I understand now. Yeah. Or kind of, or do I? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, doing something That's the magic on your of, own. Yeah. Yeah, doing something on your own is really uh it's that's one thing. But then to like dictate what just happened and and illustrate the steps, like that's a whole other thing. Yeah. I heard one I forget who it was, but they do some kind of business and at one point he this guy just ha- hired a videographer to follow him around and video everything he did for a week. <laughs> That way, he could watch the video again and be like, oh, this is what I did. This is how I got there. Because, like, he, you know, goes in the zone and doesn't 
doesn't think he's like about loses it. awareness in time and space and he just is doing what he's doing the problem is is all that stuff happens in our heads totally <laughs> you know, how do you get, can you videotape me thinking right yeah <laughs> it's not gonna work <laughs> no nope. no we can't no no um okay we're getting down to it time-wise so uh that leads us to the big question which Uh-oh. is Uh-oh. i told you not to think about this i tried not to good so uh the big question is what's your definition of art Um, do you, you ask this to all your guests? Yeah. Um, yep. Well, I'm, I'm going to guess that most deaf people's definition of art, artists, definition of art is all going to kind of come out to the same thing, but said differently. And what I would say is that Art is that thing that separates us humans from every other living thing on this planet. Because we have the ability to feed ourselves and house, shelter ourselves and do those things that need to be done. But art is the expression of the deep feelings that can only be done through the process of words that are poetry that are prose through these paintings with these incredible colors that bring out aspects of life that you didn't realize were there sculpture whatever medium you're working in yeah art is that thing that separates us and makes us human and if and that's so it's scary sometimes when you hear oh we're going to cut this education budget and What's the first thing that gets cut? Art classes or music classes or whatever. And that's that's scary because then we're losing our humanity right. by not having that. And that's the art. Yeah, that's what I would say. Great answer. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, it's really cool hearing everybody's perspective on it. And the intention of this podcast is really to illustrate that I feel like people are artists in all walks of life. And so I'm interviewing different people from all different backgrounds. Yeah, you are. Some creative artists, quote-unquote, and then other people in different fields that aren't considered creative art. And uh, But everybody has a vision of art and, like, how creativity works and different things like that. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's as vast as the art that's out there. Yeah. There's so much... And I'm, I'm actually really looking forward to listening to your future podcast because listening to the boys talk and, and just how that went is, you know, I'm, I'm really excited to hear what are other people going to say, just regular folks, you know, who do their art because they love it. Right. And what makes that happen. Well, good. I'm excited to do them. Yeah. (laughs) It's a blast. I know. I know. Um, so this is my time where I acknowledge my guest and uh, yeah, again, I wanted to have you on here because you've, you've raised such creative kids and you're, you're living, you're making a life off of your creativity and you're sharing it with people. And I just feel like what you've done, like whether you can name it or not with, with your kids is you've, you've just like fostered this creative bubble and like by, by like showering them with love and, and, you know, um, acceptance of what they're doing, mm-hmm. it has like fostered 
this awesome thing that they're all doing. I think and, that's a good uh, way to put it. Yeah. 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 And then you're doing it you're on your own and you're you're yeah. passing it on to kids in your in your you know, classes and right. uh it's awesome. Yeah, thank you. I look forward to reading your books. Okay. Yeah. Well I'm following you now on Instagram, so Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. Um, do you want to tell the people where they can connect with you if you want them to connect with you? If you I do I do have a website that's uh um bradcameron.net um you can follow that i'm on instagram i don't really do a lot of social media i would say the thing to follow the most is this up-and-coming band called the resonators yeah <laughs> i love listening to those guys and we're gonna go see them play i don't i don't remember where tomorrow night sunday night oh yeah and every time i see them they get better and better so uh follow the resonators yeah. that's what I would say you know follow what's happening now I love those guys <laughs> me too <laughs> oh alright well uh, anything else you want to say uh, thank you for having me this has been a lot of fun I was a little nervous about it but it's been fun very relaxing <laughs> very good conversation that's, you make it that way awesome that. well yeah. thanks Yeah. thanks for being on alright now everybody go out and do something creative write a story yeah well, I mean, yeah, like any sort of like writing practice. Just, just start with something. Um, there's lots of story starters out there, and you can just go and then just let it happen. Just find the, find the muse. It's out there. Ooh, yeah. yeah. We're gonna end on that. That's okay. great. All right. All right. Cheers. So that, my friends, was my interview with Brad Cameron. Hope you enjoyed that. I definitely enjoyed recording it. Brad's awesome. Um, it was really cool diving into the the writing element and how his mind works in, in terms of building a story and the parallels between that and painting really uh, had me intrigued and stoked. Um, yeah, you can follow uh, or check out his writing at bradcameron.net. And, of course, he uh, suggests that you follow The Resonator's music on Instagram and check out their music. He's a big supporter. I'm a big supporter. We're going to go check out a show of theirs tomorrow night down in San Diego. And, uh, yeah, check them out on Spotify. And that's about it. Again, I'm Taylor. You can check out my work at Taylor Gallegos Fine Art on Instagram and my website's that same one and everything. All the places, all the things. Check it out. Check me out. Say what's up. And let me know what you're doing that's creative. Um, I love hearing what this podcast uh, inspires in people. It's been really exciting. That's one of the coolest things about this so far is hearing from people and, and hearing what they're getting out of it and what it's doing for them. So, yeah, feel free. Reach out. Say hi. And, uh, yeah, hope... Uh, your creative life is flowing for you and I definitely encourage everyone to go after it. It's, it's one of the things that makes life really worth living for me at least. And that's what I've heard from other people too. So anyway, cheers to you. Cheers to that.